to the podcast series, Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. I'm Catherine Brassel, and today I'm joined out of Tel Aviv, Israel, with founder and CEO, Eliad Supporter of Karianda. Karianda help payment service providers launch faster. They provide a payment-orientated user management system. Why build a backend system from scratch when you can have merchant management, user management, e-commerce, processing, and affiliate management all out of one box? Coriander gives you the foundation you need to build your startup quicker, cheaper, and secured. Hi there, Elliot. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. How has your week been so far? Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Only a pleasure. It's great to have you. How has your Q2 been off to a good start, I hope? It's been an exciting year to start with, both on the team level, the product level, and the Q2 started off strong. So everybody's on the happy side. That's great to know, Elliot. Uh, brilliant news and long may it continue. We'd love to hear more about your kind of personal journey and um, really what led you to become founder and CEO at Coriander. And in essence, I think you can summarize me as an army boy. I've been in the army for eight years here, serving in different positions, mainly in the HR side, managing the soldiers in several units uh, across Gaza, Ramallah, etc. And then when leaving the army, I was faced in what am I doing next and where am I going? So the natural step was going into sales. I was very independent going in the market itself and, you know, building my own schedule, et cetera. And in the army as a commander, it was always the conflict. I had, let's say, authority issues with my commanding officers. So I was always drawn to be an entrepreneur and doing things myself. After the army and after the sales position, went into real estate, ended up building two buildings here in Tel Aviv. And later on, there was a real estate crisis in the market that opened up a journey. Where am I going next? And there was a great opportunity to go into a payments company in the operational side. And after a couple of years, decided to pivot and be my own boss again. And that's when we started Coriander. Wow, that's brilliant. Okay. So you say you would say you've always had kind of a flair and a passion for the fintech space. I was always looking at, let's say, how things work behind the scenes. If I look at a new payment option or a new application that came into the market, I remember when I was left the army, iPhone just came out couple of months later. So it was always around those products and how do they work and do the same now with the payment product coming into the market. Talk to us a little bit more about the company itself. Um, I know it's quite established. It's been around for a few years now. We'd love to know a little bit more about the people um, that are with you and behind the brand at Coriander, how you go about selecting these teams. Yeah, just generally how you do formulate your, your teams and the people that you work with. When, we, when I started in the payment industry, I worked for several PSPs or fintech startups, both in Israel, in Europe, some in the US and even South Africa. And then it was always around on what can we do in terms of the product? We were operators. We were working as selling services to merchants. But at the end, the, the services itself within the platform, within the application, always interest me more than the merchant services themselves. So at one point, few of my friends started talking about what if we do things differently? What if we shift from being operators ourselves, selling services, and rather becoming providers to other operators in the market? And that's where the idea of Coriander uh, came into fruition. And that's when we pivoted out of becoming operators to becoming providers to other operators. 
Now, in terms of the team, it was at the beginning started by myself with a freelance developer helping me build the, the idea and build the product. And slowly and surely started bringing my friends in, someone who worked for one of our customers, was looking for a position. We were very impressed with her abilities in operation. We brought her in, then we needed support. So we brought someone else from our past. And then slowly we grew around the team's 12 people. And pretty much everybody has past experience or past knowing each other in the market, which makes it a great unit to work with. We started during COVID, we grew from four people to 10. Now we're 12. We keep hiring more and more people and we keep searching for more developers, more support. One of the last hire we did a couple of months ago was head of partnerships, which has proven herself to be super worth the position. I'd love to focus a bit now on the mentorship side, because I know that is something that you do um, very well at Coriander and it is a big focus. Can you tell us a little bit more specifically about the Visa Innovation Program that I know you're quite uh, heavily involved with, just um, how it came about and how you've facilitated this? I've been a mentor for Techstars for the last five years, and I've been a mentor for the Loft Accelerator in Luxembourg and several other small accelerators here in Israel. And it was always trying to give back to the community. Even uh, the company itself, we offer a startup program, which is completely free to try and build the application that the startups want until they get to the point that they can raise funds on the idea, no longer raising for presentation, but raising on an actual product. And as they say, the CEO's role is is a lonely one. And even though I'm a mentor to a lot of companies, I was looking for mentorship on my side. And then during one of the conversations we had with friends of ours at Visa and some other uh, startups, the founders themselves, then the Visa Innovation Program came into mind. Then why not apply? And we actually had a great conversation with the guys that managing the program out of Greece, and they thought it was a great match. Then Ever since we started, suddenly I have, I'm surrounded with a group of mentors, both on the financial side, investment, product, even the visa product itself, which is a great opportunity what we can do with our products later on. That's really brilliant. Um, could you unpack that a little bit more for us and tell us a bit more um, in a bit more detail about what the program actually entails? So visa gives you access First of all, to their APIs, they give you the access to the mentors, which is the most important part of the program, and the discussion between the different startups that got accepted to the program, trying to build proof of concept with the visa clients, visa partners in the entire program. It's a five-month program uh, altogether, which at the end, the purpose is to present one or two a proof of concept with the visa partners or clients. That's awesome. And um, obviously, from your side, there needs to be a heck of a lot of leadership. So we'd love to just talk a little bit more about that. So as a leader, how would you say you're um, driving performance at the company and really kind of motivating um, all the people that you're working with? I think in terms of performance, is every it's a small team of 12. It's not really teams that are doing specific tasks. Everybody is pretty independent in their position and they take ownerships of part of the system. Uh, my approach in life, both in the team management part, is giving autonomy to each one of the developers. They can make their own decision, of course, subject to the guidelines and how we see the product growing, which is a great feedback going back and forth, a discussion between myself and the developer responsible for a task. Everybody can do what they think is, the, let's say, an expansion of the idea of a product. And I think in terms of as a leader and what I'm doing with the company and where I'm taking it, 
we've been bootstrapped ever since 2016 when we started the company. So to maintain six years of bootstrap over COVID, the approach is I'm selling what I have and not what I don't have. I don't overpromise to a client just to close the deal. And then, of course, we have a discussion with the client. If he needs a feature, we work with them together to build it. So I think that's what kind of got us through from 2016 till today without making leaps of, of promising and then going under pressure and how we do things. And that's proven itself very nicely over the years. Okay, great. And I mean, is that something that you would consider moving away from in terms of being bootstrapped and then looking for investment? Um, you know, what does that look like at the moment for you guys? No, no. Actually, part of the Visa Innovation Program is helping us structure the company better for investment. We've been growing nicely, but it's time to grow and scale, let's say, in a much faster rate. And in order to do that, we'll be raising investment right now. And part of the mentorship program with Visa is helping us get ready for that as well. So, yes. Wow, that's brilliant. Okay. And obviously not just Coriander, but also a lot of the sort of startups that you are working with and that are, you know, alongside you at the boot camp. Moving over to fintech trends, we love to ask, uh, especially founders, co-founders, CEOs, what did they, what do they have their pulse on at the moment? Uh, what is keeping you up at night? What are you getting excited about? Uh, yeah, just generally, what fintech trends are you following yourself at the moment? Let's say more the movement in Europe and in the US coming from, let's say, the open banking that's got accepted in the last couple of years, which is expanding and becoming more and more flexible, allowing other startups to build products on top of that, which is always exciting. You see new products and new takes on how things can be implemented. If you look at the one-click checkout that started implementing open banking in the process in, uh, let's say, even mobile application and SDKs. And on the other side, you have the crypto solutions that we see growing and growing in terms of all sorts of alternative payment methods around it. We, we can ignore the buy now, pay later movement, which was excited to begin with, but kind of now has a, all the companies in that landscape is kind of in a weary situation. But we're a very strong believer in open banking and crypto payment methods, and we're doing great steps within the company to expand our offering for that as well. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, on the crypto side, I mean, recently, you know, in the crypto space, there has been you know, a fair bit of uncertainty. Um, how would you say you've kind of viewed all of that at the moment and what are your thoughts around that? It's, it's always been of movement. You have the strong believers on one hand and the skeptics on the other. The ones that are holding their position at the end are still no. The values are growing. Of course, you have specific use cases like Luna and other uh, cryptocurrencies that have nearly disappeared. Altogether, but I think as a payment method, people have accumulated enough money and enough crypto. And I think facilitating the options to buy with it will let them have the opportunity to actually use it online. So I'm a let's say I'm not the, the strongest believer, I'm not the fanatic around crypto, but I do believe that we need to facilitate the needs for everybody in the market to be able to pay with it and transact with it in every payment method. Okay, brilliant. Um, so let's cast our eyes at the company itself once again. And um, can you let us know, Elliot, what is on the cards this year? Uh, what can our listeners kind of keep an eye out for and look out for? So I think we let's say the future, or at least the last, the end of the year, the, the remaining part of the year for us, the key word is partnerships. We've been growing our partnerships with some of the providers we work with, which started just as a basic integration and moved on to be something more than that, more substantial. 
Uh, we see that accelerators that we work with, we have partnered with them in order to facilitate the startups that they mentor in that program. And I think more importantly, it's with our clients. Some of our clients are big players in the market doing products themselves, like a card present transaction, some global remittances, etc. So started incorporating them into the product, not just being their service providers, but actually giving their services to, let's say, representation within our product, which has proven nicely because a lot of our clients communicate or work with other clients because we build our network that way that client A can work with client B without doing anything. And now with those specific clients that have additional services, that's key to expanding for the rest of the year. So we're very excited about that. And drawing on our podcast title, you know, Talking Success, I'd love to know from you, what does success look like for you? Perhaps casting your eyes over the next uh, three to five years, what does success look like for you and for Coriander? I think growing more globally and expanding the team to build something, let's say, build a better product for the services and start offering more more services to more different types of merchants. We're very focused on the e-commerce side and some of the, let's say, mid to high risk side, but we want to be more, let's say, approachable for more. Think the, let's say, a gap that we have that we're working very strongly on is the card present, let's say the in-store payments or the, let's say, tap on phone, et cetera, that we're right now looking into embedding. Up until now, we've been focused mainly on online processing and not very much the in-store part. But as I mentioned, the partnership that we're working on will facilitate that. And uh, we believe growing the company and being more accessible to a lot of merchants globally. Okay, wow, that's super exciting. And um, I mean, what does that kind of global expansion look like for you? Um, If you can elaborate a little bit more. In terms of clientele, we already are global. We have clients from Cyprus, Malta, Costa Rica, the US, South Africa, and many more countries. Offices-wise, we're planning on opening a US office. The number of clients from the US is growing rapidly, and then we need a local presence uh, over there. And of course, looking to the MENA region and looking into uh, Dubai to open an office there to start catering for that side of the world. So this is where, let's say. Okay, great. And um, and in terms of time scale, what does that look like at the moment? The US office will be opening in the next three months. That's already planned. We found an office. We started hiring team uh, members over there. In terms of the uh, Dubai office, etc., that will be later in the year, maybe the beginning of next. That's incredibly exciting. And um, yeah, we're going to be following you guys and just wishing you all the success. Please let us know if our listeners would like to reach out to you and get hold of you, Elliot. What is the best way for them to approach you? They can reach out on the website, of course, but they can reach me out on LinkedIn or Twitter or any other social network. We're very responsive. And with pleasure, hit us up and let everybody can check our YouTube channel for videos on what we do, etc. in terms of the product where we're taking it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your fintech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io. 